0: So whenever we mention Danish Empire here, it's not just the colonies occupied by Denmark. It's actually the colonies occupied by Denmark and Norway. So back then, uh, the Danish Empire they used to like they used to be together. I think I'm not really sure. It was just Scandinavia. Uh,
1: no, I I think they were separate countries, but uh, probably they had some arrangement like what EU is today.
0: So when we talk about this Danish Empire, it's like a major story of fear of missing out, FOMO, because when they saw like other colonial empires taking over india and the south asian you know the subcontinent they were like okay we have to do something too like we used to trade with them even before the portuguese did and we lost everything but now that everyone is back in business we should get some money too right so that's how the danish occupation in india started Welcome to another episode of Right and Geek Show. We are going back to the colonial series and this time we are going to talk about Danish-Norwegian occupation of India.
1: I'm sure that this is the episode that's going to make me really hungry because Danish <laughs> is reminding me of something
0: else. The one from Glensbeek House?
1: Yeah, let's not go there. Yeah.
0: So before uh, we get started with the episode, I'd like to mention that we made a... I mean, like I made a mistake during the last episode from the series, the uh, Dutch occupation of India. Where I said that the company VOC set up by the Dutch was worth around 7.9 billion dollars at its peak. But it was actually 7.9 trillion dollars. So
1: 7.9 trillion dollars. Even in today's standards, it's one of the biggest companies. then.
0: No, that worth... That we are talking about is like inflation.
1: But even if you take in account the inflation and stuff, a 7.3 trillion company is probably the biggest company in the world.
0: So getting back to Danish occupation of India, the empire lasted for around 200 years. Many other uh, like Dutch and even French lasted for 200 years. But the thing was like, they were not that prominent. Even though they lasted for such a long time, they were not able to like compete with French or the Dutch or British And have like major outposts and conduct proper trading with India. The thing was like they capitalized on some of the niches which used to exist back then. So when these European colonial empires like French and Britain used to like war against each other. These guys used to like sneak up and uh, conduct business during that time. So they were like someone who never used to like get directly into the path of the major colonial empires. But used to do side businesses. So, everything started uh, back in 1616 when they saw the Dutch and the British and the French occupying India and plundering, whatever was there. So, they were like, okay, uh, we don't want to miss out on this opportunity. And the king back then, Christian IV, on 17th of March 1616, ordered that we need to create a Danish East India Company. I don't know why people so are like so, so stuck to East. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, can you not? Are you not that innovative to come up with a new name or uh, something? I'm not sure, but probably because uh, they thought West Indies is actually India. They were like, you know, the India that, we have on the
1: that misconception was fixed like 200 years before this, right? Yeah,
0: uh, because it's it's very hard to like. Uh, make a change when it comes to like these hierarchical organizations right or it, maybe like you just, start some hmm. uh, you, you file up for some changes it will take place probably like months later right or
1: it is because they just want to ride the success wave of East India company as it was
0: yeah, the name the name rings a bell and uh, they already had Dutch East India Company and the name Danish does not make much of a difference, right? It sounds similar. So, I don't know what mm-hmm. the thing was. But on 17th of March 1616, 16, the King Christian IV, he ordered that uh, they should create this company called Danish East India Company to manage trade with Asia for the next 12 years Mm -hmm. but they were off to a rocky start because they were not able to procure the needed financial help and uh, it took almost two years to assemble this project. So
1: uh, they were left with what 10 years now Uh out of 12 years they've already lost two years right?
0: No (laughs) yeah they set it up on 1616 but yeah 12 years in the sense like Once they properly start. So what happened was like in 1618, they were able to strike a deal with Ceylon, present day Sri Lanka, Mm -hmm. to start a trading port there. And uh, that year, under Admiral, I'm going to completely butcher his name. (laughs) I I think I should just, you know, uh, spell spell it out. His first name is OVE and his second name is G-J-E-D-E. (laughs) O-V-E-J-E-D-E.
1: (laughs) I think most of the uh, things are silent in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think it's OAJ. Yeah, OAJ. So
0: this man, OAJ, Admiral OAJ. Uh, our our boy, he set set sail to India. And one month before that, they had already sent another another scout named Robert Crap, I think his name is. <laughs> his <laughs> second name is spelled as C-R-A-P-P-E. It's either Crap or Crappe. I'm
1: <laughs> not sure. <laughs> either way, he had a tough childhood.
0: Yeah. yeah, so so he left a month before Ovej Jed Robert Crapp was like a scout to like figure out the route and stuff. It took almost like two years for them to reach the shore of Ceylon. Mm. So uh, by that time, over Oba-
1: because they had to go on across Africa and India.
0: Yeah, Cape of Good Hope. It's not that fun a journey, right? Mm-hmm. And probably like some of their crews thought mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. time like uh, Earth was flat and uh, mm-hmm. they sabotaged or something. I'm just this is my wild speculation. But by the time they reached uh, Ceylon in sixteen twenty May of sixteen twenty, they had lost more than half of their crew. So Robert Crap... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Robert Crapp I'll I'll call him Crappy. <laughs> Let's call him Robert. Yeah, so Robert had reached Ceylon like a month earlier. So I had mentioned earlier that in 1618 they st- struck a deal with Ceylon Monarch to trade, right? But by the two years from 1618 to 1620, they the Ceylon monarch actually met up with Portuguese uh, <laughs> colonial people and they started they set up a trade. So mm. the Portuguese they were like, okay, now you can't do trade with uh, the Danish, right? So, all this happened while these guys were at sea. Oh, so, when man. our crap man, <laughs> he reached Ceylon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think your visa to Denmark is cancelled.
0: Oh, no, that's one country I actually <laughs> want to go. Maybe
1: he's one of the biggest stars there. Yeah, Sir
0: so Robert. Sir so Robert.
1: <laughs> Let's call him Sir Robert.
0: Sir Rob, He's not... <laughs> Sir Robert, when he reached Ceylon, they were faced with the mutiny from the local lates and all that. So, they were captured by the people in Ceylon. Most of them were murdered. And the Portuguese, what they did was, they uh, took two of the men, killed them and put them in spikes <laughs> in the beaches. Oh, man. So, if another convoy of the Danish reached the shore, they know that they are not welcome. Mm-hmm. So, this happened like a month before uh, our man uh, Jed reached the mm-hmm. shores of Ceylon. But Robert was able to escape from this incident with 13 other of his crew members. Like, where did
1: he escape? Ceylon is an island, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I have no idea, <laughs> man. I was not there. I wish I was there. But Maybe he yeah. we
1: went to Dhanushkodi or yeah. something.
0: Robert with his 13 crew members, they escaped. So, they reached the shores of India, exa- to be exact, in Tanjore. And the native people over there, they captured them. So, they already had a terrible journey of two years. And then they were they were welcomed by this amazing native people who were not hostile at all. And what happened was like the the localites who captured them in Ta- Tanjavor, they took them to the leader and the leader was like, why were you here? So they were like, you know, we were actually we set up a trading port. We were planning to set up a trading port in uh, Ceylon, but this is what happened. The Portuguese they messed everything up. So this local leader was like, hey, by the way, I would like to do a trade with you guys. <laughs> so. This local uh, leader, he he let them uh, create this trading port in uh, Tarangambadi Mm -hmm. and that's where the Danish people, they set up their first fort, which was called Fort Dansborg on 20th of November, 1620. But the location they got for like setting up this port was not that great because the colony they already had major issues with finance from administration to investment and they lost like two thirds of their vessels while traveling to the subcontinent. Things looked bleak and the location of the fort resulted in like high tides coming in later in the evening and destroying all the buildings that they are like setting up. So they were in dire financial situation and which forced them to like conduct business very aggressively. But they were able to like survive somehow and in 1625 they also set up a factory in Masuli Patanam, which was also a place where uh, Portuguese also had a port. Mm-hmm. And mini hubs were sit- set up in Pipli and Balasore, But they only had like a few ships left. So things were like drying up later on. And uh, they uh, actually tried to like sell Fort dansburg uh, to the Dutch by 1640 because they were not able to like handle it. Mm-hmm. And they even went to a war with Mughals. So, what they were like trying to do then was like, they cannot provide financial aid from the government of Denmark directly. So, they were trying to procure other vessels from other uh, empires which were already existing there. procure means looting them. Yes, looting. So, what they did was like, for for example, like in 1642, they captured one of Mughals' ships in Bay of Bengal and they renamed it, Bengali prize mm-hmm. so they used to like <laughs> capture other ships and make them their own and used to trade because they were in such dire financial yeah, right. conditions like even though they were not like crossing the paths of other empires the dutch and swedish uh, empire they declared war on denmark like denmark denmark in europe mm-hmm. not like the oh, colonial empire so this led to like them concentrating all the money they have into the war efforts mm-hmm. And drying up everything that the empire had over here. Then Christian IV, he died and the company went bankrupt. And uh, Frederick II, Christian IV's son, took over the reins and he abolished the company. Wow. That's how the first Danish East India com- Company ceased to exist. Mm. But the so thing there was, was a like. a second one? Yeah, there was a third one too. There were like <laughs> three. Yeah. So, <laughs> though it was abolished. The colony remained a royal property at the Danes, mm-hmm. and it was held by a garrison which was unaware of the things that happened back home. Even though the wow. <laughs> yeah, even though the <laughs> company was abolished, right? So they were continuing thinking that it is still exist. Yeah, because the message was not passed over because they didn't have telephones or something. If someone had to pass the message, they have to send a ship,
1: which will again take like two years. Yeah, like be. I
0: think the hundred years war or like. Twelve yeah, years yeah, war 12, or something happened yeah, Something due due to this kind of a even I think even
1: American Revolutionary War uh, could have been avoided or was it Revolutionary War something? No, uh, a, 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 some um, similar communication was delayed from England uh, to come to America mm. or something like that. Yeah, I think it might like be wrong, years, but I war? think it was. Yeah, 18, there, are, there are multiple instances yeah. of such cases.
0: Yeah, and most of the Danes who were living there, they were in, living in dire conditions, and some of them were hired by Portuguese, and those who were left. They were like just leaving the country, mm-hmm. so finally they only had like one person in the garrison named, yeah, Eskild <laughs> <laughs> Anderson Kong Bakke. Okay, he was the only remaining Dane in Tarangambadi in 1665. But what he did was like because he didn't get the message from his home country, he kept on defending the fort. He kept on seizing the ships from Bay of Bengal and built a wall mm-hmm. around the fort. And finally, negotiated with the local leaders. So, this news finally reached the king back in Denmark. Back in Denmark, yeah. And they sent uh, a captain, Sivarth. Okay, I'll just leave it there. So, they sent a convoy back to India. And finally, when they saw that, okay, this guy has actually done some work.
1: Decided to restart.
0: The yeah, they, they resurrected the company after 19 years of isolation. Wow!
1: But I really appreciate that guy's dedication. That yeah. He survived for so long.
0: Yeah. So the thing was, I read a little bit about this guy. He was not that well-educated. So mm-hmm. he was unaware of the things which were happening back home. And because he didn't have much idea about things, he just went on. Persevering.
1: Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> is bliss,
0: yes. So, the second Danish East India Company existed from 1672 to like 1732. Around like, that's like 60 years? Yeah, 60 mm-hmm. years. They resumed business with mainland Denmark and they set up outposts in uh, Malabar coast. They they came into agreement with the local leaders and things were like looking good. They also started uh, sending missionaries to India. mm mm-hmm. To convert people to Christianity. But the higher caste, they were reluctant to do that. They went against this thing. But slowly, finally, they started coming around the idea of, you know, converting. So their main mission was that. Trade and then converting people. But uh, in 1729, the Danish king, he forced the company to loan money to mainland Denmark. Which led to the company going bankrupt and was liquidated in 1732. So the second Danish East India Company also, yeah, uh, yeah came, ceased to exist. But after the two failures in 1732, again another company was set up called Danish Asiatic Company mm-hmm. on 12th of April 1732. So it was given monopoly to control the trade. With India and China for the next 40 years. Trade stabilized because it was given the monopoly. They were able to like maintain everything. And they started trading cotton in bulk from Bengal and the Coromandel Coast. And they also set up a port in Calicut in uh, like from 1752 to 1791, this one existed where they procured pepper and mm-hmm. traded it with the two continents. And they also like plan to colonize Andaman and Nicobar Islands in mm-hmm. uh, 1753 November for the plantation of pepper, cinnamon, cotton, coffee and sugar cane. Mm-hmm. So they colonized the island next year in 1755. And it became, it was declared a property of the Danish Empire in 1756. So probably that is one of the major highlights uh, highlights of their occupation in India. Like they colonized Andaman and Nicobar Islands. But the islands were like very hostile. Mm. There were like major malaria outbreaks and all that. Even like other colonial empire, they coming and like striking the Danish. And finally, they abandoned the... Port, like in 1848, the years from 1772 and 187 was said to be like the peak of the golden age of Danish India, where the company lost its monopoly, mm-hmm. which sounds like a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. But it actually let all merchants trade with the colony. And uh, it also means that the crown was able to like take over the reins of the company. And the company had less functions. So they were able to like concentrate only on the trading part. And uh, the expenses also reduced. And in mainland Europe, countries like Britain, Netherlands and France used to fight with each other. So Danish, they made this niche. And what they used to do, do is like they used to trade with... These colonial mm-hmm. empires in the colonies. Because France, when they're like fighting with Britain, they don't want to trade with their colonial right. empires, right? So, they capitalized on this and made a lot of money on mm-hmm. that. And one more thing was like, when the British East India Company, after the Bla- Battle of Plassey, it exploded. They were everywhere. 1757, mm-hmm. I think. Battle of Plassey, so. yeah. yes. Yes. It led to them reaching new heights. And the officers there, they started acquiring a lot of wealth. But uh, it was against the rules for them to like transfer these money they acquire from plantations and goods from the colony to mainland Europe. Mm-hmm. So what they used to do is that they used to smuggle all these goods and money they acquired through neutral grounds of Danish oh, shipments. Okay. So they can't take it back with their uh, with the British ships. So they used to like do the side trade using Danish. Basically, they used to help the British officers launder money, and through that they made mm-hmm. a cut. And in 1777, Andaman was turned over to the government by the chartered company. It was made part of the crown. But in 1789, the British they came and conquered Andaman and became British territory. So even though they were at its peak during their ending times, you know, you go out with a bang, right? That used to happen. But by 187 they didn't have any ports and they had to leave the colony. So that's about it.
1: Yeah, so not a big impact mm. compared to some other forces, but yeah, definitely. If you
0: look at it, the highlights would be like the building, guy set like building the fort. Building a that. fort and like, you know, holding it on for like nineteen years when he didn't have any idea that the company, the, the government has had abandon abandoned them. And also like setting up a colony and trading in Andaman was like two of their highlights. So that's about it. The Danish occupation of India. Not that big a deal, but yeah. But something. Yeah. Anyway, cool.